right now, but you've been just to clean up, tie up the, the, the fox to me. He said, you'll, you'll decide next week. What, is I'll there be anything? announcing, yeah, I've already decided, uh, and I'll be announcing something next week. Because yes. I noticed the fox senior executives came and had dinner with you and pitched you. Did they move the needle? Well, they were very nice. Look, uh, they were very nice. Here, here's my, uh, Mr. President, the only reason I, I say this, I put a poll up on Twitter at least two-thirds of the people don't want you to do the bait because they feel it could be a setup. Are you concerned about Fox setting well, up? Well, when you're at 75, 78, 80 percent, and other guys are at zero, one percent, two percent, three percent, you do say, uh, what's the upside? Am I going to go up one point? But they could go up. You know, they're not dumb people. They're senators. They're governors, they're intelligent people. You have some very good people. I think you have some very good people, and you have some people... I mean, I have a problem with the debate for another reason. I wouldn't sign the pledge. Why would I sign a pledge? There are people on there that I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have certain people as, you know, somebody that I'd endorse. So they want you to sign a pledge. But I can name three or four people that I wouldn't support for president. So right there, there's a problem, okay? Right there, there's a problem. I but I don't have to use that. Right now, no, I don't want to do that. I don't want to three? do that. There's no reason to insult them. But there are some people there that a lot of people wouldn't endorse, but they wouldn't be right. They're not going to go anywhere, by the way. They're not going to get it. But I so wouldn't endorse it. So said that's one of the requirements for, yeah. so you won't sign it. Well, they have three or four people that I wouldn't, you know, who would put these people as president? If you ever put these people as president, but you'll get somebody else. There'll be somebody. But right now, I saw Christy Nome, uh, who's terrific. She's done a fantastic job. I watched her this morning. She was on television. They asked her, are you going to run? Because there are other people running. Are you going to run? She said, no. Why aren't you going to run? Because nobody can beat Trump. She said it, which I greatly respect. I mean, she's saying... I hope the truth. She said, why would I run? Nobody's going to beat Trump. There's not even a contest. These people are just wasting their time. Somebody like uh, Asa Hutchinson, who's polling at zero, will ask me nasty questions. Uh, somebody like Chris Christie, he's polling at 1%, and he's going to ask me nasty questions, and others, too. And then you have some that are very good. I mean, Tim Scott has been very nice, and uh, Ramishwamy has been very, very nice. I mean, these are, you know, very capable people, very good people. But uh, why would you do that when you're leading by so much? Ronald Reagan didn't do it. Nixon didn't do it. Many people didn't do it. And uh, But I'm going to look at it very seriously. I'd like to do it. I've actually gotten very good marks on debating talents, but uh, you want to be, you know, they want a smart president. They want somebody that's going to be smart. So we have to do the smart thing. Yeah, I think. All right. Welcome back on this Friday. What do you think? You think Trump should do the debate? I mean, obviously, I'm going to give you my opinion. <laughs> I'm not even asking. But I, I wonder what everybody else thinks about it. I have a very strong opinion of whether he should or not. Apparently... He's going to make some type of an announcement. The debate is quickly approaching. And uh, I don't like at all the fact that you have to sign a piece of paper that says you will support whoever the nominee is. That That is already – that's almost accepting a loss. It's almost like taking an L to me. That you're accepting that you are not going to be the number one because why would I sign a piece of paper if I feel like I'm coming out on top? I'm not going to sign that. I know I'm going to be on top. I'm not worried about that. Yeah, you let somebody else worry about that. So I don't think, I personally don't think that's my first problem, that he should do it solely based upon the paper alone. I personally would not sign that. If I'm going in there as a winner, I'm leading, and I know I got to, I know more than likely I'm at least, it's going to come down to me and somebody else at the end, 
and I feel that I am the stronger candidate, I'm not going to sign a piece of paper saying that I'm going to support them as if I'm going to lose. That, that to me, that wouldn't happen. I don't I don't think Trump would do it either. I, I agree with him and not sign, signing the paperwork. I think that's foolish. And I, I don't like uh, that in general for being a president. You, you don't have to support anybody you don't want. It's your choice. If you're not the president, you don't have to support them. Uh, if you're not the count, uh, nominee, excuse me, you don't have to support anybody. If you don't like who the nominee is, then don't support them. It's not, you know, it's your right. It's your freedom to make that decision. Uh, secondly, why should Trump do the debate? This way I feel about it. It's such a crowded field right now. You have so many people in there that let's be honest, they're not making it to the finish line. Why do the first debate? Let it thin itself out. I I think that is the smartest move possible. Go campaign, focus on your law, your, your, uh, legal problems that you're having. I mean, do, do something else more constructive with your time. I don't think that this is his time best used and best spent. I think, I think Trump should let this one pass by, let the field thin out. You'll start seeing whose numbers are what you'll start knowing who really is going to be your, your top challenger because right now Trump is on top. I mean, you look at any given poll, you know, he's over 50% at any given moment. The, the closest one to him is DeSantis, who was holding steady in the, in the 20s. But if you're looking at the most recent polls, his numbers have been falling a little bit. They're, they're not in complete free fall, but he's not gaining the traction that you think he would gain. Uh, so I still think that it comes down to DeSantis and Trump. And naturally, depending on how well they perform in a debate, especially DeSantis, um, that will, you know, that, that it'll change. I'm sure his numbers will rise again. I don't, it, to me, it just seems inevitable. Once you get through this first debate, he does, if he does real well in the debate, as I think most people are anticipating he will, uh, you're going to start clearing a lot of the bottom people out. And then the people who are supporting them are going to have to figure out, okay, who is my next candidate that I would support? So that's where we're going to start seeing some numbers moving. We're going to see who's dropping, who's rising, and we're going to start getting a better idea in the end who are going to be your top two contenders uh, that you know we're going to have to select from. And that uh, is going to go head toe-to-toe with apparently Joe Biden at this moment. So I think Trump should let the field clear out. I don't think he should waste his time. But there's just too many. There's too many candidates. What he was saying about Christy Nome, I she, she's smarter than that. To, to be honest with you, I was, I was kind of hoping Ron DeSantis was going to feel the same way. Let me let this one pass by, and then I'll go after the next one. Because it would have gave him more time as a governor. It would have gave him more name recognition nationally. I mean, a lot of people know who he is, but he could have gained even more by creating uh, better policies, more policies. Florida would have been freer, and he really could have... Um, got a lot of people excited about him ahead of time. And then you let Trump, uh, let, let this four years pass by. Yeah. Cause it's whoever it's going to be. And it, and it, if you go by today's numbers, it's going to be Trump is going to be the nominee. And if you also go by today's numbers, you look at a head to head of him and Joe Biden, it's still kind of a toss up. Some say that Joe Biden's ahead. Some say that Trump's ahead. The betting odds are, uh, not in Joe Biden's favor, but I mean, that does is not what really determines uh, the outcome of the election, but one can assume that 
I think people are getting frustrated enough with the economy and with the way they feel around them that Trump stands an even better shot at picking up a couple, because that's all he really needs to do. If he wins everything that he won and picks up a couple of those other states, I think he gets across the finish line. And I don't think that's an unrealistic uh, goal to achieve. So I I wish DeSantis would have did his known, but Noma's smart. She knows. She knows better. Hey, he's he's not just in the lead by a little. It's not like everybody's teetering in the teens, in which case it's anybody's game. When you have somebody that is dominantly ahead like that, it's going to take an awful lot to knock him down and pull one of these other candidates up to surpass him to become the nominee. It's a lot. Why face that challenge? Next time around, if Trump is out of the way, he's done another four years, he cannot run again. And even if he did lose, uh, he's not running again anyways, just age reasons. So if that was to happen, the next, the next go-round, who do you have in your mind that you think has the amount of support that Trump has? I'd say really logically the next person that would pop in anybody's mind would be DeSantis. And clearly he's ahead of all the other candidates. So if he would have waited, I think we would have really had something solid there. He didn't, and it's his right to do that. He feels that uh, now was the right time for him. He made that decision, and we'll see how it pans out. But uh, ultimately, I agree with Trump on the uh, debate stage. I mean, uh, going to the debate that he doesn't doesn't need to do this one. Let this one pass by there. There's usually a couple of debates after a lot of people clear and then the field clears out a little bit and you get down to maybe six or seven people, um, you know, jockeying for position there. Maybe you jump into that debate and do, do what you do. He usually does pretty well in debates. Um, he's got a proven track record now as president and then he's entertaining on top of saying, Hey, listen, I've been there. I did it before. I can do it again, and here's what we're going to do to better what I did last time. I did this. I know everything. I know the system. I know who I'm working against. This time around, we're going to put this in place and this place and this in place, and I got the right people that I can put here, here, and here to make sure that it gets done so my second presidency is going to be even more impactful than my first one. I mean, it's going to be hard for them to compete with him. It's going to be very difficult. The guy's... He's, he's tried, tested, and proven that he can he can handle the job. You know, one of the one of the few people that you see that went into the White House looking one way, came out of the White House under probably more pressure and stress and scrutiny than any other president that we've had, comes out looking the same. And I swear, not within three to four months after he was out of office, he actually looked younger. And before he went in, even though he got older, it's insane. The the guy, he's designed for what is coming his way. He's he's a perfect candidate. So we'll see. Uh, We'll see how it all pans out. But I don't think that he should um, give into at all signing that crappy document. And uh, and he should let the field clear out. That's my opinion, anyways. All right, Florida. Yeah, Florida, there are a total of 27 new rules that have been adopted in advance of the new school year. So for all my fellow Floridians, this is where we're at. Uh, there has been quite a, four, uh, quite a few that 
it's worth noting. We, we've done well enough, and DeSantis has done well enough with these new rules. Universal school choice is a, is a huge one. I mean, I'm, I'm a big advocate for that. I think you should be able to put your kid anywhere that you want them to go to make sure that they receive the best education. And that's me not wanting you to not wanting to see parents put their kids into public school. I think you should um, vet a, a good private school or charter school and put your kids in somewhere where they're not going to be indoctrinating them. Uh, the Protection of Children's Act, which is pretty simple, even though there's all kinds of drama surrounding most of these things. The Pro- Protect Your Children Act is um, allowing saying you, you got to go use the bathroom of your gender. We're, we're not playing all this gender fluidity crap. Your boy, since the beginning of time, if you're a boy, you go into boy's room. If you're a girl, you go into girl's room. If you're a boy, you change into boy's locker room. And if you're a girl, you change into girl's locker room. We're not doing pronouns. We're not sending them in the wrong bathrooms. We're not playing these stupid games. We're not special designing bathrooms. You go in the friggin' bathroom that you were born as. Okay? Period. The end. These are children. Hey, you want your children to be safe wherever they go. Uh, require, yeah, the, the, those are facility requirements based on sex. Um, education. Okay? One of the big parts of the education, uh, the umbrella policy is what they're taught when they're taught and uh, at what yeah what age is anything appropriate okay so I mean that that's big for all of us like you don't have to have any fear that your kindergartners walking in there and they're gonna start learning about gender fluidity you're not even supposed to be doing that in the state of Florida that has been banned it has to be an approved curriculum and it has to be parents have the option to opt their child out of it and it was originally designed only up to third grade, but it has now been pushed to the high school level. So it looks like any of these conversations are going to be had in 11th and 12th grade if a school district is going to do them. And parents have the option of opting your child out of that part of the curriculum. And I think that's amazing. You know, For me, I, ideally, would be nice to see when they're about to do that part, you'll have no kids in class that day. Because uh, I think that... You're wasting time and taxpayer dollars teaching children a lie. Yeah, gender fluidity is non-existent. It's not even a real thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> you. Say what you want to say. That is a person claiming that they are something that they are not whenever it is convenient for them. Okay? Uh, transgenderism is another one. You're just teaching children a lie. You cannot transition into a different gender. It is not humanly possible. You can do crazy surgeries. I mean, you see stuff like that all the time. I see people that go and have their tongues split so they could have snake tongues and horns put in their heads so they could look like devils. I've seen people tattoo their eyeballs all black so they look like freaks walking around. Okay, you can do all those things if you want. It doesn't change what you are. It doesn't change your genetic makeup. You're a boy. You're always going to be a boy no matter what radical surgery you do. You're a girl. You're always going to be a girl no matter what radical surgery you do. And the sad thing is, is we should be talking about in health, which they are updating. That's another curriculum that they're updating is the medical. Uh, But they should talk about um, mental disorders more than anything, especially linking them to gender fluid, quote unquote, or transgenderism. Because if you look at the most recent data that is coming out from different studies, it's showing that if your child... In their teen years, if they're claiming to be either gender fluid or transgender, um, they have a suicide rate that's three and a half times higher 
than your average kid walking around. So that means they're almost four times more likely to take themselves out. To me, that's a mental disorder. It ain't got nothing to do with your your lifestyle choices. You're having problems that we should be addressing, not embracing. We should we should be working hard to figure out what the problem is, especially when you see numbers like that as far as the suicide rate goes. Another part of black uh, the uh, black American curriculum that has changed that uh, has been extremely controversial and, and we've been hearing so much about it as of recent, it's not like anything else hasn't had controversy swirling around it, um, is what they are teaching in uh, black history regarding um, skills that slaves learned uh, uh, that were useful to them after post-slavery, later in life. Um, I mean, is it uh, a necessary subject to talk about? Probably not. Uh, is it truth? In fact, it is. As a matter of fact, it's PBS ran the special, and PBS is public broadcasting. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's that's that's the Democrats all day, every day. It wasn't a problem when CB, uh, PBS ran a special saying pretty much the exact same thing that they're about to teach them. Uh, but it's a problem, obviously, if you put it in the course. Now, everything that's there is actually true. It's factual. Uh, but I guess people don't want to hear the truth. They don't want to hear fact. Yeah, Kamala Harris, you know, she did her little go round and, and was upset and aggravated about it. Ron DeSantis invited her to have a conversation with about it, and she didn't want to do that. Why? Because you get shut down because the truth is the truth and facts are facts. Uh, again, is it necessary to teach that? Probably not. Is it the truth and is it fact? Is it part of history? Yes, it is. So if you're a history person like, I, like myself, I think you know all history, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It's, it's all part of history. It's all true. It's all worth learning because it only makes you better in the future. I don't personally see a problem with it, but apparently they do. So the, those are some of the bigger changes that are coming up in the Florida school system this year. Um, if your kids, I, the reason I brought that up is uh, school is starting today. Today's the first day, or yesterday, no, August 10th is the first day of school for kids, which I, that, I don't, why would you start on Thursday? I don't, I don't get it. Why, why are we starting on a Thursday and what happened to summertime? You know, I, my kids are homeschooled. So we, we go by the same schedule that I ran as a kid. I never went back to school and I would say, I'm probably right now, you're going to know, get a good idea how old I am, but we didn't generally go back to school. We'd be out the first week of June and we'd be out until after Labor Day. Uh, That's the way our school year ran for us. I don't know why that's changed, why we're putting more pressure and stress on these kids and why we're keeping them in school even longer. Why can't they just get their solid three-month break and run them right till after Labor Day? Because they're going to come back and it doesn't make any sense. You come back on a Thursday and then three weeks later, you're getting a day off for Labor Day because you get the holiday off. Why not just bring them back on the Tuesday after the holiday? That way the kids can go through the rest of August and have fun and do the beach thing and whatever they're doing with their families and the trips last longer. I don't understand it. I don't don't like the way they work these kids. That was one thing that when my kids were in the school system, God, they worked those kids hard. And they expect so much from them at such a young age. And I can tell you that everybody learns different and kids are all at different levels. 
And a lot of this work, I think you're overloading them at such a young age. I don't think that's healthy for them. Yeah, I mean, they're kids. They're immature. They're childish. They can only focus so much on anything, even if it's something they enjoy. Even if it's a movie or a show they love, they're going to sit there. Maybe they'll zone in pretty hard for 15 or 20 minutes, and then after that, they go bonkers for a little bit, and then they come back and want to watch it. And then they'll go back and forth. That's just the way they are. I don't know. I always felt like it was too much, and I certainly don't like that they're starting the school year as early as they're starting it. I don't think it's necessary to get these kids to come back to school so quickly. They basically chopped a month off of their uh, off their break because they get out the last week of June, and you're basically in the first week of August, so you got a two-month break or two-month and a couple-day break. They've literally took about a month off of them. I don't, I don't understand. <sighs> Take your kids out of the school system. Homeschool, trust me, it's better. Your kids are going to learn what you want to learn. I, be, I guarantee you, you take your time and you teach your kids, I guarantee you they're going to be better at math, reading, writing, and comprehension. You'll teach them the history that you think is actually important for them to know and understand. You'll teach them some science and throw the Bible in there. That probably should be the first one, actually. But um, learn God's principles, and that's going to teach them to be a solid person. So do it yourself, trust me. The school system, they're just destroying your children. Anyways, it is Friday, and that's all I got. I'm done for the weekend. I hope you guys have a beautiful weekend. We'll do it again on Monday.